I'd spoken last time on the, on the need to live in a community, to be part of a God-given community with power and authority and the pitfalls of, of not. And I'd called it a highway. So I'd say, you know, if you get on that highway, you're going to experience the blessing and anointing that highway brings. But it is your choice. I'm not going to force you to get on a highway you don't want to get on. And actually, I've learned that when somebody is ready to step on a highway, they actually enter into it fully. If they're forced on one, they actually they sort of straddle two worlds, and it's never quite effective. And I want to offer you another highway today, and I want to chat to you today and offer you another choice, and hopefully encourage you and challenge you in the way that you live within community. Because community in and of itself is a highway, being part of a powerful community. And last time I talked about wildebeest all getting together. But actually, you can also be part of a community that still has power, but that is negatively effective. So it's not just about being part of a community, it's about what that community decides to do. So when I was asking God, and I... I'd, I was asking him, what do you want? And then he brought, the, he brought this, it's probably one of my favorite quotes of all time, back to my mind. And I really just felt him say, just talk on that. That, that. That's what I wanted to talk about. And it is all about what happens when you're part of a powerful community or what can happen. And I've just got a little video clip that I'd love to show you if it's going to magically happen and occur out of nowhere. Nothing in the world is the way it ought to be. It's harsh and cruel. That's why there's us. Champions. Doesn't matter where we come from, what we've done or suffered, or even if we make a difference. We live as though the world were as it should be, to show it what it can be. Um, that quote is from it's it's from a, a, a vampire series, essentially. Okay. <laughs> And that was a, a sect of vampires. Um, but they, they'd, come, they, they'd been around for so long that the way the world had changed into was unrecognisable from the one that they first entered into. And he's talking to his son. And he says, when you look around you, what you're going to see is hurt, hate, and actions from that hate. What you're going to see is people walking into a concert and blowing themselves up. What you're going to see are blocks on fire and people needing rescue. What you're going to see are bombs of destruction falling all around this globe. It's not the way it is. Nothing in this world is the way it should be, he says. I don't know who wrote that, but how, how they wouldn't have known what the Bible was in, in being able to write that. Nothing we see around us is the way it should be. It's not the way God designed it to be. So then he offers his son a choice. You see, it's up for us. He calls them champions. I call them Christians. The world has us. And then he says, we live as though the world were as it should be to show it what it can be. As much as I've seen horrific events around the globe recently, the saddest event is when a church decides to turn off its light and become 
unnoticeable to its community around it. There is no sadder event when a church says no. But my whole chat to you this morning is do we currently, do you currently live as though the world were as it should be? And by doing so, are you showing it what it can be? Let me be really clear. You can only ever offer choice in this world. You think back to the moment that you became part of Jesus' family. And I promise you, somewhere close to that would have been a choice you were offered. You can either go left, or you can either go right. And somewhere along that journey, I promise you, you will have encountered somebody who maybe unknowingly offered you choice. They maybe didn't even say anything to you. I always struggle with the quote, preach the gospel and if you need to, use words. But how many of us have met somebody who's maybe been talking to others, just preaching at the front, or maybe just going about their everyday lives? I was sat with my wife, sitting, sorry, with my wife. Uh, we were, went out for a meal because it was her birthday last night. And the table behind us was a family out for dinner. And I could not take my eyes off the dad around that table. The way he was interacting with his kids, all the members of the family were laughing, having an enjoyable time. Even when the kids did something wrong, the way he chose to engage and tell them off, I just remember sit, just sitting there going, wow, that's, that's quite a powerful thing, that. I'm sat with a, for a meal with my wife, and the one thing I'm noticing is how this guy's interacting, and he's not even interacting with me. But I'm sitting there going, when I'm a dad... I hope that I'm sitting around a table and having as much fun as that dad is with his kids. And I hope his kids, my kids feel as able as he is to joke back and have a life-giving time. I don't know who that is. I don't know where he lives. I actually, one of the thoughts that also came is, I'm seeing a snapshot of him. He may be an awful person. You don't know. But there was something in that moment that drew me to that person and offered me choice. What I do with that choice is completely up to me, right? But there was a choice offered. And I like to believe that in that moment, that man was acting as though the world were as it should be and showing other people how it can be. Because I don't want to live. I don't want to live in a world where churches turn their lights off. Because God said, he, we're his vehicle. He could do it without us, but he doesn't want to because he loves us so much. As humbling and sobering as that thought is, and maybe to some of you it's quite scary because who are you? But he also says in that clip, it doesn't matter where you've come from. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter what you've suffered. None of that makes any difference in how big an impact you can have on the world around you because the only thing that matters is God. And he is in your life. He has chosen his choice was to come down. His choice was to die. His choice was to show us the way. And then his choice is now to live in us and through us and affect the world through his church. His choice. And our choice is so small but so profound. Are we going to choose to let our light shine in the darkness? And by doing so, offer a world that needs its choice What are we going to choose not to? 
as we were singing, we, we always sing every single Sunday, wonderful worship songwriters will write these wonderful songs and they'll put things in about God. The one we had up there, he's like the wildest ocean. Yeah? Oh, what a powerful name it is. And we have these other ones that we sing about all the time. And I sit do people say the same things about the church? Because they should do. Because this church is meant to be like the person who runs it, owns it, has its identity and DNA running all the way through it. The closer we get to Christ, the more like him we become. And therefore, if people are saying, God, is like a wild ocean, then surely his church should be like a wild ocean. You don't want a God whose love is like a wild ocean, but a church whose love is like a desert, desolate and dead, because people won't, won't see this. They'll see this and then assume that God is the same as it. They don't look at God and then assume his church is the same. Unfortunately, that's not how the world works. And if you think about it, when most of you came to Christ, or probably all of you, the church had an impact in that. And some of you today are still struggling with the hurts that the church brought you. And some of you today talk about the church in such a life-giving way because of the life it gave you. Now, if all of you are sitting in one of them camps, then think about the millions of people out there so that's where, how we're living. You see, if our love for people, as broken as we are, as weak as we are, as much as we struggle as we do, if our love is like a wild ocean, then people are going to believe that his love is like a wild ocean. Because what we should be saying is, we shine because he lives in us. We love because he first loved us, right? Nobody here loves, and if you do, you try and love out of your own. You'll get to an empty barrel and you'll be clawing at the bottom, and eventually it'll stop. But if you're allowing God to fill you, if you allow God to fill you, then surely your love should look like his. Surely when people look at you, they go, how can you love with such hate all around you? And Jesus says, Always be ready to give a response to anybody who asks. You see, I think if we are shining like Christ, our response should be really quite easy. How do you love like that? I just can't spend time with God every day and I just do it. How can I love like that? I just can't spend time with Jesus every day and you'll, you'll probably do it. Your responses become so simple. Because you start to get to a place where all there is is God. And the only reason you do anything is because of God. You are showing the world what it can be by living as though it is what it should be. Are we part of a kingdom? And does that kingdom have a king? And is that king? And does that king choose to define himself by love? The saddest thing is when a church isn't. The saddest thing is when I listen to people and they're talking about the church I love and they're not using the word love. It never enters their head. And I'm going, I could pick fault with them and say that they've done something wrong, but at the end of the day, I'm probably standing there with them going, who's hurt you? How did the church hurt you? 
What has the church not done for you? Because surely, if we can never say that God is unloving, then we need to put ourselves in a position where the world out there can find no excuse to call us unloving. It takes time. And we have to do things differently. But one of my favourite, that is my all-time favourite quote. It challenges me to my very core. Challenges me when it's just me and Lydia at home, closed doors. Am I living as though the world were as it should be? To show what it can be? Or do I only do it when I'm up on stage and everybody can see me? It challenges me when I'm up on stage. It challenges me when I'm interacting with young people. It challenges me when me and my wife are at the National Trust just walking around having a great time. It challenges me because everywhere I am is an opportunity to show, to show, to show somebody what they don't have. A simple act of random kindness, of love, of living a natural life the way it should be lived the way God tells me to live it. Which means then I have an opportunity, even if I just go out to Asda to go shopping, I am bringing the kingdom of God to that shopping uh, place. And therefore, I have the ability to change worlds by doing so, but I only have that ability if I choose to get on that highway and say, I am going to be part of this community, and as part of this community, I'm going to tell this community that if we are not, if we are not shining with the light of Christ that is within us, and if we are not noticeable to the world around us, then we're not doing it right. But there's an encouragement there. This world needs light. This world is dark. If our kingdom reflects its king, then this world reflects the one that they follow. Okay? Now, the one that they follow has been defeated. The one that they follow has no power. And the one that they follow cannot, cannot stand up to Christ. So we are already in a kingdom that cannot lose, that has already won, and we are more than conquerors. We don't just take back land, but we stand there and we say it's our own, and then we transform it into what it should be. That's what it means by more than conquerors. Conquerors just take over a piece of land. We don't take over it. We change it and transform it. And we say, no, we are not going to listen to that anymore. We're bringing our king And therefore, we're bringing his values, and therefore, we're going to transform this place. That is what God tells us to do. And my second favorite quote of all time, because we've just been singing it, that Jesus is the light, and he put his light within us. So therefore, we no longer reflect the light of Christ. We shine with the light of Christ. The closer we get to him, the more we shine, the more we stand out, and the more effective we become. Now, I'm not going to lie here, people. Most of my sermon, most of this sermon, was written while I was watching Wonder Woman, as all great sermons are. And if you haven't seen it yet, I challenge you to watch Wonder Woman. Watch Wonder Woman specifically, and not see traces of God all over it. I'm not saying it was written that way. I'm just saying I was theologically reflecting, going... Wow, that's quite, quite profound. Because, just like the church, go with me on this for a second, just like the church, Wonder Woman was created 
to stand up and eradicate the evil that was brought into this world by another. That's what she was designed, created to do. So there was evil and Zeus, right, decided that the only way to get rid of evil was to give the world something that could eradicate it. And when you first meet Wonder Woman, they've chosen to hide themselves away from the world and have no idea what's going on in it. Okay? So you first meet Wonder Woman and she's on this beautiful island, absolute paradise, and has no idea of the horrors that are going on outside of it. And she's currently, the time period it is, is World War I. And she has no idea that this is happening. And I'm sitting there going, wow, okay. Well, that sounds like the church at times. We get together in our own community, and it might be fascinating and wonderful and life-giving, but are we really aware of what's going on out there? Because we are what God gave the world to eradicate evil. We are what God gave the world to challenge the way the world lives. And we have Christ in us. So, take that back to the church in Acts. So that's how, that's where we meet Wonder Woman. Now this is how, this is what we read of the church in Acts. We read that they met every day together as believers. They define themselves by what they did. They saw wonders happen all the time. They devoted themselves to one another. They ate meals with themselves. They broke bread with themselves. They lived life together. And what does the Bible tell us? That people were in awe and wonder at this community. And God added to their number daily. So here's what I hear. Jesus says, live with me, live as community, and leave the rest to me. And then the church in Acts went, got it. Now, what it doesn't say is there are actually probably loads of problems going on, people having their own issues, stuff that needed to be sorted out. Oh, they were human, okay? This church in Acts weren't a different race that had no problems. They were still human, but they chose to say, I'm going to live together in community, and we are going to live as God tells us to live. Therefore, I'm going to devote myself to my brothers and sisters. I'm going to live for them. They sold their possessions to meet the needs of others. They said, actually, our kingdom is not going to be defined by poverty and by need. We're going to eradicate poverty and need, and if God has blessed me with loads, I'm going to give it to those who have less. And those that have less, when they've got more than they need, they're going to pass it on. We're not going to live in a world where there's need. That's not how we think the world should be, so we're not going to live like it. So, and if I have things that I can sell, I'm going to sell them and give it to people who need That's how they chose to define them. They weren't going to be defined by the world around them that said, no, 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 there are richer, there are poorer, and there are those in need, those who aren't in need, and some will help, some won't. No, they said, no, all of us are going to come together and we're going to eradicate need. And the Bible actually says they did this so that they would meet the needs of others. And the thing was, people around them noticed. People around them looked and went, That's different. That's a bit weird. That's a bit strange. I want a bit of that. And then it says God added to their number daily. You see, as we plant seeds, God grows. God never tells us to grow seed. It's not our job. 
We plant, we water, God grows. So that means, and what he also said in the clip, is we don't do it to see, we don't sort of go, we're going to live this way, and then we're going to, you know, we're going to live this way until we get 100 believers come to us. No, no, it says, we don't do this with an end game in mind. We do this because it's the right way to live, and the world needs it. Whether or not people turn to it is God's business, our business, your business, is to wake up each morning and say, today I'm going to live as though the kingdom of God is right here, right now, today. And then when you go to bed, to say, did I live as though the kingdom of God were here today? I kind of think, and I, I... I can go as far as to say, I promise you, you do that and you will have an impact. It is impossible not to have an impact if you live like that. Because if nothing else, you will look weird. Okay? I don't know about you, I'm happy to look weird. I'm up here with a massive suntan and a top that's the same colour as it. And sweating like you wouldn't believe. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to look weird. I'm happy to stand out, right? But what is making me stand out and is what's making me stand out drawing other people to Christ? I said to young, I often said to young people, one of the greatest compliments you'll get is, if Jesus is anything like you, I want to get to know him. That for me is one of the greatest compliments you could ever get. If somebody is seeing Jesus in you and he's able to come up to you and go, yeah, if, if your God is anything like you, I'm in. Let me get to know him. Take me to him. Unfortunately, oftentimes it's kind of like, yeah, if, if your God is anything like the church that meant, he's meant to be the head of, um, no, not for me, thanks. But that, you know. So we are having an impact, but what kind of an impact do we want to have? So we rejoin Wonder Woman, and I know, right? This is, we rejoin Wonder Woman, and all of a sudden her world is invaded by the hatred that is going on around her. Now, the only, way, the only other thing I can think to, to, to link this is we're living our lives, going along, and then all of a sudden somebody walks into a Manchester arena with a dirty bomb on and blows himself up. All of a sudden, a nice, peaceful world is invaded by the reality that's going on around it. Now, she has a choice at that moment. Her world is invaded by what's going on around her. And she has a choice. Does she just choose to send whatever it is off, ignore it, and just go, no, no, on your way. I don't need any of this, thanks. I've got a lovely world here. The sun's always shining. Everything's nice and rosy. The people I'm with, we love each other. It's fine. But there was something in Wonder Woman that said, this is not okay. There was something in it. There was a gap that said, I'm not made to live in this wonderful pastures green while everybody else has dirty, dry land with none in I'm not made for that. There's something that was inside that said, no, you can't just let this go. You know, in the Beatitudes, when Jesus is talking, he says, as you get closer to me, as you give out mercy, you receive it. As you grow close to me, you get the heart of me. You cry out for me. You look around at the world and you start to weep at it because I weep at it. And you start to be moved into action because I want to affect it. You start to do things because I want to do things. You start to get on board with what I want to do because you're finally listening to what I'm saying and you're getting my heart. We worry way too much about the theology we pick up rather than the heart that we can gain. 
As we get God's heart, it moves us to action. Wonder Woman was moved to action. So she took herself from her nice surroundings and she put herself, she said, put me in the trenches. I need to be there. And when asked why, because the people who were in the trenches are thinking, you're insane. These are trenches. People are firing bullets at you. Stay in your nice island where you are. If you're not part of it, don't enter it. She said, if I'm not here, I can't affect change. And I was sitting watching this Wonder Woman going, oh my word. If we are not there, right in the midst of it, what change can we ever hope to affect? You want to know how that's true? God didn't affect change from heaven. You've just sung it. He brought heaven down. He invaded our world. He said, I'm not having it. I can't live without you. I don't want to. I love you. I desire you. You are mine and I will not stay up there because I need to affect it. And the best way of affecting it is to put myself right at the center of it. And then he lived as though we were still in the kingdom and he brought healing and salvation to loads. And then his disciples carried on doing it. And then when he died, the place of his death was a rubbish tip, a rubbish dump where all of Jerusalem put their rubbish on the outskirts of the city. And there there he said, you know what? This is exactly where I want to be. This is exactly where I want to be. And we're all sitting here today because he did that. How many people are sitting in other churches because you did something? You don't have to know who they are. But it's a question, isn't it? Edmund Burke said, the only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing. I often... The picture I often get with that quote is the sun uh, in the morning. Okay, So when the dawn breaks, before the dawn breaks, they always say the night is darkest before the dawn. And then the dawn breaks, and what happens to the night? It has to go. It can't stay. But in the evening, the only time the night returns is when the sun chooses to go down. You see that? Darkness goes as light appears. Darkness grows as light disappears. So as us, as light bearers, darkness is there when we're not. Darkness can exi- cannot exist when we are there. But if we don't put ourselves in the trenches, if we don't go and find darkness, then how can we ever bring light to it? It's no good praying for it. That's one side of it, of course. But Jesus says, pray for workers to go out into the harvest. Pray for workers. Pray for people to go out into the darkness. And just like John Townley did, if you're praying for workers to go out into the harvest, nine times out of ten, Jesus is going to turn around and go, go on then, after you. Be the change that you want to see in the world. If you're seeing something, God has given you the ability to see it, so do something about it. I remember when somebody first said that to me, I was stunned. I'm there giving it big and about everything I'm seeing wrong around me. And that person goes, B 
be the change that you want to see in the world. And if you can see it, change it. If you've been given that vision, go and do something about it. If that means you physically do something about it, you'll stir others up to do something about it. Do something about it. Don't just be, come here and talk about it. God needs people who are moving. You cannot steer a ship until it goes out of the harbour, until it starts to get out into open water. Then can God steer it. Paul praying, saying, God, where do you want me to go next? Didn't hear anything. So what did he do? He got up and he moved. And while he was moving, God moved him. God said, I need you over here now. We need to be a people who move. We need to be a people who don't walk past those in need and don't do anything. Live as though the world was it should be. Say no to poverty. Say no to the needs of others. Say no to hatred and evil around you and say yes. Say yes to the glory of God and be moved to action because of it. Be different. And as Wonder Woman steps out into the trenches, she starts to do, and the more she does, the more she discovers she can do. By the end of the film, she defeats the big bad guy because she's gone on a journey where she's been hurt, where she's gone through things that aren't great, where she's seen horrific events, and each time she's done the same thing, I'm moving forward. This isn't going to stop me. This isn't going to discourage me. I'm moving forward. And as a church, we're going to see things that are negative. We're going to see things that are hateful. But every time, what that situation needs is us to take every step we can forward and say, no, I'm not going to accept this. This is not the way the world is meant to be, and I'm not going to accept it. I'm going to accept everybody, but I'm not going to accept the way this world is. I'm going to be different. I'm going to be a change bearer. I'm going to be a life giver. I'm going to go up to somebody and pray for healing. And if it doesn't work, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go up to somebody else and pray for healing. And if that doesn't work, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go up and pray to somebody else for healing. And when somebody tells me they're ill or upset or hurting, I'm going to offer to be there. And if I do a really rubbish job that time, I'm going to learn from it. And then I'm going to do it again. Don't let the little pitfalls and little trips that you have in your life stop you from moving forward. God wants you to pray for healing. God wants you to go and be with the sick. God wants you to give to the needy. What does God say to his people? He says, when I was naked, when I was in prison, when I was in need, you clothed me. You fed me. He says to everybody else, when, I was, when all of that was going on, you didn't. You had your arms up. You were giving it the right words. But when I was naked, you didn't clothe me. Don't let the pitfalls put you off. If you don't see healing, that's fine. Keep praying for it. Healing is not your business. Your business is to pray for it. If you don't see it, okay. Just keep going on. If somebody reacts badly because you are giving them help, that's fine. People are hurt. Hurt people hurt people. Don't let that stop you from doing it. Because I promise you, when, when, when people respond to your loving actions with hurt, it's because they don't understand it. They fear it. They're trying to protect themselves. There's a wonderful video I once saw that really um, struck me and, and, and was just the, the best analogy. I can't find it though, um, which is really quite frustrating. But it was at the RSPCA, and they'd been called about a dog. 
that had been left abandoned. It had been abused by its owners previously, and then it had been left abandoned. This RSPA dude goes with the intention of saving this dog. What does this dog do? It backs itself into a corner, and whenever that RSPA guy tries to pick it up, it goes for its hand. Every time. Every time. What did the RSPA dude do? Yeah, see you later, love. If you're going to bite, jog on. No, no. He got down to the dog's level, and through, I think it took him about half an hour to actually be able to touch the dog. Half an hour he stayed there. He used different methods. Just the dog couldn't have his hand on him because of whatever had happened before. So he put a blanket on top of the dog and then stroked the blanket. God moves for you. He goes to where your hurt is. He responds to you. So surely we should respond to others. If they can't take it the way we're bringing it, let's change how we're bringing it. Don't change who we're bringing or the message we're bringing. Let's change how we're bringing it. And after a while, he managed to be able to pick that dog up and put it on its lap. See, it wasn't in that dog's nature. That dog didn't want to attack that bloke. It wasn't in his nature to. But he'd learned, he'd been taught that when somebody did this, it meant that they were going to get hurt. They were going to get abandoned. And it took months for this dog to be able to run around to trust humans. Because one man decided they were not going to give up and they were going to change and respond to that dog and they weren't going to react to the hurt around it. But equally, if that dog had bitten it, that man had people it could go to to help heal the wound. Remember, as you step out, you're going to get hurt. People are going to hurt you. But if you're part of a loving community that you can go back to and say, I've just been hurt, then that hurt will not cause a wound within you that will affect then how you react. You need both. This world needs both. And then there's a a wonderful, coming up to the end of Wonder Woman, there's there's a wonderful part where Wonder Woman, she, she asks, she, um, she's living, she, she's wearing these like really weird clothes. So this is, this is a lot of the 1920s and she's wearing essentially something that would look better on Baywatch is, is only how I can put it. And she's acting in really weird ways. Like she's not treating men as women of the day, tra- treated men. She's not, you know, she's got this confidence, this air about her. And you get to this point where the re- the, her little crew are following everywhere they go. So you've got a couple of army people and some spies and that. They're following her wherever they go. And all of a sudden, without her being there, they're having a discussion about her. And he says, this is what Wonder Woman's told me. She's told me that she was created by Zeus. She was created to bring healing to this world. She was created to banish evil. And she's on a quest now to find evil and banish it. And he gets a varying response from those around him. Some people giggle and laugh. You can't believe that nonsense. God. God doesn't exist. God didn't create people. God doesn't love. That's the one response you get. Then he got other responses going, yeah, actually that makes sense. I, I, I can believe that. And then the, 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 main, the main character was asked, what do you believe? And he started off at the, at, right at the beginning of the film absolutely rubbishing and nonsensing what she was saying. By the end of the film, he's there going, I'm not sure anymore. She'd never tried to evangelize to him in a sense of forcing a belief on him or, or going over what she believed to try and convince him that what she was saying was right. She just said, this is, why, this is who sent me, 
this is why I'm here, and this is what I'm going to do. And by the end of that film, that bloke was kind of like, I started off going, that is insane. I'm now kind of like, hmm. Who would do all this stupid stuff if they didn't really believe that what they were saying was true? And I've seen her do some pretty amazing things. And I don't think any normal person could do those amazing things. So maybe what she's saying is true. You see, we try and bring God verbally, but we don't actually allow God to come along with us. It's kind of like we go, God, you stay here. I'm going to go and tell all these people about it. I don't need you. You're fine. You stay there. Everybody, let me tell you about God. And God's there going, dude, give me five seconds to work through you. I promise you I'll do things that... What did Jesus do when John the Baptist's disciples came up to him and said, John wants to know, are you the one that was prophesied about? Are you the, are you the son of God? And what did Jesus do? He didn't go, yes, I am. He went, watch this. He spent an hour healing people. Basically, the response was, do you reckon? What do you reckon? He brought God to show who he was. Let's not be a people who try and theologically and use these smart arguments to try and bring God. Let's just bring God. It's probably easier, to be honest. Let's just go around and pray for healing. Let's just go around and see. I, I promise you, the more you do it, the more you'll see it. I've been in communities that the only reason they see more healings is because they pray for more healings. It, it's not actually rocket science. It's kind of like, we don't see any healings here. How often do you pray for healing? No, we don't. Oh, okay. How often do you see healings? All the time. How often do you pray for them? All the time. Actually, it probably makes sense, doesn't it? You see, we need to be a community, a kingdom that shines by its king, from its king, and brings its king. Because we have that royal stamp of approval. We have that biggest, biggest gift that Jesus gave us. That was himself. That was his heart. So let's use it as a community. But the biggest thing that stops us being different is fear. And as I come into land, if we want to be a community that acts and lives differently, we need to be a community that doesn't fear. We can't go on preaching and singing how God has defeated fear how death and destruction has gone, how we overcame the grave if we still fear it. So, we need to be a community that lives without fear. We need to be a community that lives selflessly, lives for others. You see, my, where God has got to, got me to, is that if God is looking after me, if God is looking after my needs, then that leaves me free to look after others, Right? What happens is, if you try and look after your needs and your wants, you hold your hands really tightly and you don't want to let go of the little thing that you've got within your hands, but therefore you can't carry anything else and you can't give anything to anybody else and you start to hide away from everybody else because you're so fearful of the little thing that you have that you'll lose. Live open-handedly. Live as though God is going to give you what he wants to give you. And my challenge is, coming into land, fully landing, flaps down, Wonder Woman's done, we can move on from her. Your job is to offer choice. Just like Wonder Woman, you have a choice. You can choose to don the armour of light and shine. 
You can choose to say no to what you see around you and say yes to the kingdom of God and live that way. You can choose to be weird. You can choose to be different. You can choose to stand out. You can choose to keep standing out when people persecute you. And the young people in the room, I want to, make, I want to let you know, I know that as hard it is for the adults, for you guys in a school, that's phenomenally difficult. I know that. But Jesus didn't say it's going to be an easy ride. Jesus said he's going to affect and transform the world as you step out for him. So that that's the choice. The choice is, and the picture I was given uh, that I just want to share with you, is of a man, and he's, it's, if you've ever seen the Green Mile, it's that picture. A man brought out of his prison, out of his cell, and walked onto the Green Mile, and he's heading towards his death sentence. He's heading towards the electric chair. He's got people either side of him dragging him that way. That's where you've got to go. And as I saw this picture, he got to an open cell. And in that open cell sat Jesus. And then in the picture, I stood in front of this man. And I said, before you carry on going that way, the way you're heading, I just want to tell you that this guy here, this weird dude right there, he will choose to swap places with you if you want. But it's up to you. And then I stepped back and stood there. That's when the picture, and I don't know what that guy chose, I don't need to. You can't force people into the kingdom. You can offer choice, show them Christ, and then let them make their own choice. But people need choice. And if we don't offer it to them by the way we're living, by the way we're acting, by the way we interact with others, then we rob the world of the choice that God wants to give them. So guys, we live in a world that is not as it should be. We live in a world of hatred, of hurt, and of evil. And it doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter what you've been through in your life. It doesn't matter what you've suffered. You are God's chosen people. And therefore, we live as though the world is as it should be, as the kingdom of God has come right down and invaded this world to show it what it can be. And we don't do it for any gain of our own. We do it to offer choice to a world that needs it. So my challenge to you is, are you going to choose to be a community of believers that stands out and offers choice to the world around you.